Paul? Yes. I'm going to start by doing something risky here. I'm going to risk earning your ire, your David ire, potentially. Uh-oh. Because I have a little suggestion. You know you I see, hate those. I want this. I, I know. But we're going to make one. Okay. I want this to be a fun sort of good boy podcast with two positive Pauls having fun, okay. taking names, yeah. and sharing kindness wherever they go. Sharing asses. And sharing asses wherever it's practical to do so. Yeah. I don't want to risk having this recurring, dark, real world stuff to keep intruding and upsetting everyone, especially me. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm, I'm willing to risk it. <laughs> Here's my suggestion. Mm-hmm. We acknowledge that during the massive delays to this film's release, about half the cast were cancelled for one reason or another. We acknowledge yeah. that, and then we try our best to avoid the following topics where it is not immediately and incredibly comedic to do so. I mean, obviously, we'll make a few. Okay. Just to, like, and, and, and you can put that like, that list music in the background of... Anti-vaxxing, COVID denial, drug addiction, alcoholism, political abstention, sexual abuse... The Israeli-Palestine conflict, cannibalism, and cheating on Emma Thompson with Helena Bonham Carter. I still haven't forgotten. I'll still never forgive. Oh my god, who was that? That was Brunard. He was uh, full-on, I think, married to Emma Thompson when he cheated on her with Helena Bonham Carter. Kenneth? Kenneth! Kenny! Um, Kenny Kenny B. uh, uh, Is is Helena and uh, Timothy not together anymore? Timothy Burton. Oh, maybe this was before. I think it was pre. I think this was like early nineties. Oh God, I see now. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to retroactively Yeesh. never forgive you for that. No, I think we should fucking eat him. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Idea over. Upset. Friends being upset. Be damned. <laughs> let's just do it, mate. Now let's discuss Monsieur Poirot and his wacky adventures in Egypt. We can still mm-hmm. make reference to that stupid Imagine video, though. <laughs> Podcast accuses everyone of murder. What are you hiding? What are you, <laughs> what are you hiding? hiding, listener? What are you hiding? I'm Paul Bourget. I'm in the freezer with hounds. <laughs> sure is, folks. It's an, <laughs> not an ideal out. recording <laughs> environment, but he insists. He says it gives him that edge, keeps him where he needs to be. It gives me that ham energy that I've been missing. <laughs> that I love so much. <laughs> God, he's bringing that real honey roast energy this week. This, this week. Well, see that keeps breaded, nodding mate. off. <laughs> Tell me you want another breaded Easter. Um, if I turn this little light bulb off right next to my face, does it make this too much of a scary boy podcast? Because it's so hot in here. It's it's going to die. It, it's skinnerink too, but I'll, I'll <laughs> I will cope because Thank of you. said ham energy. <laughs> uh, we are kayaking down the dangerous rivers of algorithm month. It's a season where we yes. do the thing that most podcasts just do anyway, <laughs> to thrilling results, I expect. Stuart Lee style, we, we prove <laughs> every now and again <laughs> we that we do can it. do the things that everybody else does, but we choose not to. <laughs> we choose not to, just because we hate it. <laughs> um, yes, this week we are anticipating the release of Kenneth Branagh's third Poirot film by going oh, back and watching the worst reviewed Hercule film ever made, apart from the 2001 Murder on the Orient Express with Alfred Molina and the 1965 Alphabet Murders. I'm sorry if you expected me to say either of those at the end of this sentence. 
It should have oh, been clearer. Damn. But, hey. But we've got what we've got. And what we've got is the 2019, 20 and 22 film, Death on the Nile. You had something to hide. We have the Karnak all to ourselves, a chef and enough champagne to fill the Nile. Should have hidden it, shouldn't you? When you have money, no one is ever really your friend. It's too late to change events. It's time to face the consequence. Someone is dead. The crime is murder. I'm looking forward to the third one with Jonathan Majors. <laughs> oh boy, guys, you'll never guess who we got. So who's suddenly very available. <laughs> and cheap. <laughs> very cheap for some reason. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, the first one did well. And Alec Baldwin. The first one did well. <laughs> and Christie's great-grandson liked Brenner. So there's a third one. Oh, honestly, I, I thought that would not... I thought that was a joke when another reviewer mentioned it, but having done some reading, I genuinely think that was a that was a deal maker. Was that Christie's grand great grandson oh. actually quite liked Bernard? Oh, and great! Hasn't seen stuff. the films. Hasn't seen the films. Does, doesn't care to. Doesn't believe it. Doesn't believe in films. Doesn't like mysteries. So, <laughs> well, he chose the right director. Hates then. that shit. <laughs> you don't know what his grandmum used to get up. Great grandmum used to get up to. <laughs> uh, Mum, it looks like my pocket money is missing. Yeah, I know your great grandma was here. Look. You've got to interview a series of suspects, okay? She's hired them. Just It'll be over sooner than you think. She's handpicked a colourful bunch. <laughs> Most of them are caricatures that we really shouldn't be entertaining anymore. But look, it's one day you'll have the estate. So just, one, you know. One day you'll meet a Shakespearean actor who thinks he can handle all of this. <laughs> he thinks he can bring the level of gravitas that it needs at long last. <laughs> Yes. Well, Branagh is returning as director, producer, and Prowro. Ridley Scott returns to produce, because he apparently produced the last one. I don't remember that. No, and Michael I. Green returned as screenwriter. Green also wrote Green Lantern, mm. um, autobiography, perhaps. Or him being Green. Oh, yeah. Uh, Logan, Blade Runner yeah. 2049, yeah. and Jungle Cruise. Mixed. Yeah. Mixed bag. And, yeah, I did look into Michael Green um, mm. about 15 minutes into this movie. I went, 20 feet from Blade Runner 2049? How? How? <laughs> I'm co-written with the original writer, and, and Michael yeah. Green also did Jungle Cruise. He also did Jungle Cruise, which was the best written film of that year. I forget which year. I think it was the COVID year. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Ugh. The film was due to be shot in Morocco, standing in for Egypt, but that was hard, though. Yeah. So they shot the entire thing in England. All of it, England. I mean, on some sets. on location, establishing yeah. shots and like background yeah. stuff uh, that stick out like a beautiful thumb. Otherwise, it's all England. Sets and green screens. Remember that bit in the marketplace on the Nile? Cotswolds. Oh. Yeah. Cotswolds, well, you, mate. Not, you wouldn't be able to tell the bloody difference from all the immigrants that have been moving in. That's it. Oh Vote my leave. God, it feels like Egypt these days. People don't know when we're joking. That's what <laughs> I love most that way. about our audience. We can appeal to everyone whilst despising <laughs> even more than everyone. <laughs> Critics felt that flirtation, however delightful, would have no effect. Joe Morgan Stern at the Wall Street Journal said, has pizzazz and period style, in the same way that today's big brand toothpastes have flavour. Artificial ingredients give them taste that's discernible, but too generic to name. God, he's coming after movies, toothpaste. No institution is safe from Joe Morgan Stern. Too right. That people ask, you yeah. know, what what is the point of having critics nowadays? And you just point them to that review and then you punch <laughs> them in the face. 
Look, I'm sick of big toothpaste walking all over the little guy. I'm not having it anymore. I'm calling him out. It's bland. It's artificial flavoring. Yeah. I'll continue to brush my teeth with the whole grapes. <laughs> is, is that what happens when you become a professional critic? It's just you're brushing your teeth and you're like, bland, tasteless, <laughs> artificial. I thought you were going to say, do you just grapes, sit there yeah. brushing your teeth and think to yourself, this could be a review. <laughs> I've got nothing. I've been doing this for 40 years and Hollywood is pumping out the same shit. Literally, I'm sat there making a f- smoothie and it's like, yeah, I could make this about the Dark Knight. Yeah. <laughs> how, how, can I, how can I wank this one out? <laughs> I'm looking forward to getting to that point. Oh, we're already there. The public also felt that love was far too important to trust a god or Kenneth Branagh. And by love, I mean Poirot. Uh, so, yeah, movie. let's just... So well delivered. <laughs> let's get on Very Google. Okay. Uh, I'll just scroll past all the ones that use the word woke. <laughs> oh, because um, there's, a, there's an Asian guy playing a, a, a doctor... No, oh, it's just, it's just a woke movie, mate. It's, it's textbook. It just is. It's it's so it's so woke. They had to hire three cancelled people to balance it out. <laughs> god bless them. <laughs> oh god. Oh wait, hang on. Let me just scroll past all the people complaining that it isn't identical to the book. Uh huh. Okay, here's P- one. People really are scum. They really are, especially on Google. Uh, Michaela Bunch on Google says Michaela this Bunch. movie was very boring. I found it not interesting at all. Thank you, Michaela Bunch. <laughs> It's pithy. all I, I like need. It. <laughs> it's pithy, goddammit. Uh, we've got three three-men, uh, which is always my favourite, because that's fun to say. Uh, Alar Safi, uh, okay. who plays a corporal in this, yeah. uh, was in Outcast, where he played the Moor. I'm sure that was a very colourful okay. member of Nicolas Cage's band of misfits. Yep, I'm sure. <laughs> and was in The Mummy, a sickle slave. Okay. That's Good. a good BDSM name, I feel like, sickle slave. Sickle slave. I've got a or bad DJ case of sickle slave. <laughs> DJ. Slave to the sickle. Uh, Sid Cigar uh, plays the concierge in this and okay. was in Doolittle Le- Do playing Jeff the Prisoner. <laughs> and was also in Artemis Fowl as Man Eaten by Troll. Okay. And it was that performance that had Brad take notice. Insisted. <laughs> yeah. Get me that guy from Doolittle play, play Jeff the Prisoner. I need to see him eaten by a troll and then I'll give him a classy role in my next next movie. <laughs> Real classy, see. <laughs> and the finally, we have mm. Arnold Monty, who plays oh. local in this, and in Inferno played CDC worker, and in Revenge of the Sith was opera guest. Well, there you go. Yeah. Kenneth Branagh knows how to pick him. I'm sure. I assume he does casting <laughs> as well. He does everything. Oh yeah, he, yeah. Every other credit. <laughs> he, he was in full cost character as Poirot as he was doing it. <laughs> what makes what makes you think you are okay for this movie? <laughs> I'm no symmetrical at all. You are fired immediately. <laughs> um, I do not want real French around here. People might <laughs> see through my accent. <laughs> my accent. <laughs> um, so the the what are the the last two three men of Sid Cigar and something Monty? Sid Cigar and um, Arnold Monty. Both and the of them. Was Alar could... Safi. Yeah, well, Alar Safi can't. can't I, don't, I don't think he's going to pass as a convincing fifties cockney gangster. But Sid Cigar, <laughs> <pass> must have ate. <laughs> Sid Cigar and Al Monty. Ooh. Yeah. Cigar and Monty. Don't want to cross <laughs> Sid Cigar, see. <laughs> it's pretty Sid good. The cigar. Oh, free to a man. Free in a bush. Free. Free. Yo. Feels a shit, mate. Oh, I'll tell you what's not pretty good, though, is the scores, because Death on the Nile is 62% on Rotten Tomatoes, 6.3 mm. on IMDb, and 66% on Google. Damn, that's mm. consistent scoring. 
Metacritic though was what fifty two or something. Yeah, Metacritic was a little lower. Uh, yeah. The film only, which uh, indicates, yeah, most critics leaned vaguely positive, but in general they were middling in their Miffed. review. Yeah, yeah, you wouldn't call it divisive. Pretty much everybody, sixty-two percent of people said it was all right. Is basically what the conclusion is you can get mm. from those two scores together. Uh, the film made only one hundred thirty-seven million dollars on a budget of ninety, and so probably lost quite a bit of money. Nevertheless, mm. Haunting in Venice opens this Friday. Yeah, yeah, and I'm sure people will be glad that, that we've finally got we finally got the anti woke movie for the generation, or whatever <laughs> whatever role it can fill today. Yeah, I'm sure this is going to set things right. Ah, oh, yeah. So, Paul, you hero of your own economic fairy tales. Flowing, edge, bed, spread, style. <laughs> Love it. Love that, mate. What's one thing about Death on the Nile that made you want to drink to excess twice a week or more and smoke cigarettes of various compositions? Oh, oh I already do some of that. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> tell you what, Paul, and I think you know yeah. what's coming. I think you know what's coming, mate. Because <gasps> we, we finally... After all years of clamouring, mate. Oh, God, I've wondered. Years of wandering, just what, beating down the door. What's the explanation? Of, I've been on Reddit. And the Christi, where did he, why? Where did he why? get his moustache? And why? And uh, Why is his moustache? Why is his moustache, God damn it? I need to know immediately. And yeah, we find well, we're out. Gonna find out. We're going to find out really early in this plot rundown, mate. Almost like it's not the main twist. It, it, it's, it's, oh. Well, I feel like he wants to just deliver that bit of fan service, you know, the, the thing that people are clamoring to know early on, just to assure people that this is going to be a good one. Yeah. We, so, so we start we start with a flashback of, like, early... We do! Of, of, of five-year-old Kenneth Branagh reading Ag- Agatha Christie's <laughs> Poirot and going, but where did he get his... And then he slams the book shut and goes, right, <laughs> in 50 years' time, I'm going to do it myself. I'm going to make up a scene and, yes. uh, and put it in. At the beginning of this literary cut- masterpiece... And cut to that scene, because we're in the war, one of them, the first one, I expect. And uh, we meet a, a young Poirot. Mm-hmm. And, oh, good, they just recast him, but kept his big moustache so that we know that it's him. That's so much better than using stupid CGI. Oh. Oh, that's... It was a recast fake out. <laughs> this isn't Poirot. <laughs> Sacre bleu. There he is. <laughs> oh, my God. This is mind-blowing. That's he was so there. French. He was behind that guy. He, he was there, um, Robert De Niro in the Irishman style, pants up to his elbows. And, it's good when he doesn't uh, say anything. Oh. Oh, dear. So he gloriously devises a way to maximise the deaths of the enemy like any pacifist would. And uh, it's ripping. But oh no, he explodes and it's ru- it ruins his beautifully smooth CGI face. <laughs> I oh, don't well. think... We- I don't think we can make what happens next any more stupid of jokes, so let's just sample it. I love you. What about this? Simple. You'll grow a moustache. You'll grow a moustache. Yes, grow a moustache over your lip, chin, and all of your left cheek. What, what, where, where there's going to be scar tissue where hair famously doesn't grow? Yeah, there. <laughs> fair fa- oh, okay, where hair great. famously does grow, mate. You've read, <laughs> you're, look... reading st- you're reading stupid books, fake news. Oh, okay. Also, uh, oh, thank you. When I asked you if you could deal with this and I just sprung my horrifically disfigured face on you uh, without any, any warning, <laughs> I was kind of expecting you to support me and say, it doesn't matter, I love you anyway. Not just grow a moustache, but okay. Well, I can't well, cover that up for first start. Let's cover up as much of your face as possible. <laughs> uh, you grow yeah. a moustache, you fucking bitch. 
<laughs> and that concludes the epic tale of Poirot's mustache. Yay. I get it now. I get him. I get why he's him. So future Poirot, normal non-CGI-faced Poirot, arrives mm. at a nightclub in London. Now, careful yep. watchers, if you remember mm. the last movie, it ended with the policeman showing up and saying, I'll have to take him to the Egypt straight away. There's been a murder, sir. Right on the bloody Nile. Actual line. And everyone in the audience was like, oh my god, I vaguely heard of that. That gives it value. Well, if Branagh had read past the title of the next book, he'd know that the eponymous murder on the Nile doesn't happen until halfway through the story. Oh, he loves Agatha Christie's Poirot, he does. He loves it so much. He loves owning all of the books. So (laughs) how do we get out of this pickle? It's fine, it's easy, mate. Snowman, take notice. This is how you do it. Have the doorman at the club say, Monsieur Poirot, you solved the case in Egypt. It's a great success, but they must be told. Excellent. Flawless. So he solved the murder in Egypt, came to London to do this intro scene, and then is going to go back to Egypt to solve his second Nile-related murder within a month. (laughs) Why not put the nightclub in Cairo? Yeah. I don't know. I... That's, that's, it's, it's a question I'm not even able to keep in my head at this stage, Paul. It's it, best not to. There's a, there's a lot because we're, we're, in, we're in this nightclub now and Poirot is there arranging cakes. Yeah, it's one of those nightclubs that serves desserts. Yeah, it probably did in the in the. Oh, probably did. They didn't know what it was. You don't they know. were stuffed full of heroin. Oh, mate. <laughs> I don't know why these cakes just always make me feel better and I don't put on any weight. I don't know why. Um, but, <laughs> and I never but, want to eat the cakes. Speaking of eating, though, no, cut that. <laughs> <laughs> you piece of shit. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot about the thing we said. <laughs> it's quite good. Mm, that was naughty of me. Power meets some NPCs, and we get our first expository dinner theatre esque monologue. There's no music because no money's been paid. I pay everyone at the end of the night. Well, in my experience, men who run such upright quality establishments like yours. Lose their wallets when the bill comes. I'm betting you already forgot my name. Rosie Audubon. I'm not just Salome Audubon's manager, I'm her niece. She'll retire wealthy and I'll see to that. And we get paid up front. So if you want a little music, first I want to see a stack of green or whatever color money is in your country. Oh, you see, I was once her servant and it's just, oh, oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, Paul. Oh. Does woke mean um, we get all the English people to play Americans and all the Americans to play English people? Because if that's what woke means, then I'm not. It's flawless. It's absolutely flawless. Uh, Margot Robbie, that's fucking her. I don't care what anyone says. There is no Emma McKay. That's Margot Robbie. Fake news. And you can't tell me anything. Uh, She's having a sexy dance with her fella, a hammer. Yeah. (laughs) And a lot of time spent on that that sexy dance scene. That's a long sexy dance scene. And then... Wonder Woman shows up and literally steals the spotlight. Yeah. <laughs> Just the club guy's like, fucking hell, look at her. Oh, they do that Vic Reeves oh. leg rubbing thing. <laughs> and um, fucking Margot Robbie literally says to her, It's not fair looking like that and getting to be you. Yeah, so that's the sort of thing a friend might say to another friend. I've heard women talk <laughs> through, through, the, through my hole in the wall. <laughs> I think it's, um, it's what Kenneth Branagh thinks passes for a compliment. And yeah. um, it's what he gets told. <laughs> By Gal Gadot, what's the, weirdly. What's the, what's the dynamic here? She's got a fella, a hammer. Yeah. And um, uh, Margot Robbie does. But Wonder Woman bloody offers to give him a job. 
and ends up giving him something else, if you know what I mean. Or an even longer dance scene that really focuses <laughs> on the lusty side of Army Hammer. And, um, <laughs> of a hammer. Of a hammer, yeah. yeah. And from <laughs> and, there, we cut to Clevedon. I mean, Egypt. <laughs> cut to Harrow. Um, <laughs> Poirot's enjoying Harrow a canals. Jaffa cake in he a is, tight he... close-up. He's enjoying a Jaffa cake. It's a good, funny Jaffa line. Cake. And um, and and uh, an espresso or a coffee. And lovely oh, yeah. particular Poirot, who we saw uh, arranging cakes. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, with obsessive compulsive tendencies, mm-hmm. sees a yeah, bloody man flying a kite uh, in front of the pyramid oh, yeah. and just tosses him, tosses tosses him right he off, but not before right, throwing the cake and the coffee on the ground. Tidy <laughs> obsessive Poirot. He throws it on the ground because there's a Jack Whitehall to beat the shit out of. Oh, God. Um, The man with a very big mouth and very big eyes just doing British acting. Poirot! Book! What are you doing here? What do you think about my kite? (laughs) I'll come down. Stay there. Be careful. Of all the pyramids in all the world, you have to walk up to mine. He was from the last one as well, and oh fuck, it's Jack Whitehall, which could be a name of one of his shows. Oh fuck, it's Jack Whitehall. <laughs> <laughs> Live at the Apollo. Yeah, and oh. uh, people would love it, mate. That's the, that's the thing. They're um, friends, and he invites Pyro back to his PS2 rendered hotel to meet all of the suspects <laughs> that are gathered together. We've got and- British Annette Benning. <laughs> got Oscar well, Isaacs. Mm. Why are you wait? Why are you wasting time on this when you could just sample the probably look better on paper expositionary dialogue? <laughs> oh boy, we've got Oscar Isaacs, we've got flippant French and socialist Saunders, we've got the Paul <laughs> Foot tribute act that is Russell Brand, we've got French Egret to Rien, Jean Snow, thank you, Jen, for helping with the translation. Uh, we've got Jazz the woman, and we've got Black Panther. <laughs> yeah, just okay. the name of the superhero she's playing now, folks. Yep. Um. <laughs> Is there anything else, anything I can say about any of something these funny I can say about this cast? Anything at all? <laughs> um, That's still allowed to be said. <laughs> yeah, because I did. Mean my, I was just tossing cards out of my mental Rolodex as you were giving me the roll call. Um, <laughs> no, uh, no, oh no, no, I can't, uh, none uh, of them are Dawn French. What's she Dawn like? Dawn French. What is she like these days? She's like that. She's like that. Oh, oh, tell you what though. Turns out that Wonder Woman got off with a hammer. Yeesh. What? Well, Margot um, Robbie's not going to like that. She got Margot robbed, etc. It's very good. Yeah. Oh, thank God for Margot Robbie and just being able to say just say jokes that come into your head. And not thank God Emma, Emma Mackey's here. <laughs> to be harmlessly, <laughs> yeah. very resembly of um, Margot Robbie, which was very confusing when they were both in the Margot, uh, the Margot movie together. <laughs> but it's, it's true. But fortunately, yeah. she's, um, it's not long before she starts giving me uh, Ben Wheatley's Rebecca vibes. And, um, <laughs> I never saw that. Oh, God, it wasn't, it wasn't great, but it's also better than, better than this. <laughs> um, That's so... also true of the Meg 2, folks. Check it out now. Nice. I love that. That's Ben Wheatley's recent career. Better than Death <laughs> on the Nile. Anyway, the Thank introduction to the film and... The introduction to the film and this party scene is pretty neatly set up who everyone is. So, uh, well, tell you what, let me explain it anyway. He's fabulously written. He delivers like Rick Mail. <laughs> the good Dr. Windlesham proposed to Miss Ridgway when she was still Miss Ridgway. He and the papers both had the deal as good as done. Then came the engorged stallion and now it's Mrs. Doyle. 
If I were in his shoes, I'd only come here to put a bullet in the groom. Who are our other guests? Lynette's godmother, who despises Lynette's wealth, and the godmother's nursemaid, Bowers, who covets it, as does Lynette's own maid, poor old Louise. Oh, his cousin, Andrew. He's a slippery fish. No one except Lynette trusts him. We find Mother and I are the only sane people here. The only one who seems to like Lynette at all is her old schoolmate, Rosalie. She's Salome Otterborn's niece and arranged for her to come to play for them. Mr. I first Robert, met her. Oh, good luck. <laughs> He's great. He's great, but she's not, and she's dating him. Oh, Christ. <laughs> yeah. It's it's fantastic. Look, here are all the it's people tank-tastic. who should be playing English people, and here are all the people that should be American, but it's completely the opposite. Great. Completely backwards. Otherwise, we're all quite normal. <laughs> so <laughs> Completely mad. The next day, Wonder Woman and a hammer approach Poirot. Ah, oh, snake attack! Stanley, no! Okay, well, anyway. <laughs> Time for Poirot's trademark <laughs> lightning reflexes to come into play. <laughs> I can't believe you wrote that into the book. Oh, God. You know, that is actually a riff on a moment that happens in the much superior 1978 Death on the Nile uh, film where someone puts a cobra in his um, bathroom. And his solution is he knocks SOS into the wall and the army dude he's travelling with in the next room comes in and kills it with a sabre he had concealed in a walking stick. It's fucking great. That is such a better, more satisfying uh, solution (laughs) to that scene. Not just, oh, I'm, I'm Wonder Woman now. I'm the Wonder Woman now, is the line he gave himself in this movie. Take that, Gal Gadot. Anyway, we want, you, we want to hire you to watch out for Margot Robbie. Is she threatening you? No, it's just weird. I don't like it. She's following us. Yeah, she's following mm. us a lot, and I don't like it. Well, that's not, so that's not have... illegal, says Poirot. Yes, but we really hate her. We really say. don't like it, though. So, all right, she I'll smells. go have a word. Yeah. So he goes and has a word, and she's like, oh, she's, uh, she is, yeah. She, she's same weird stuff, and she's got a gun. And uh, she says she won't die alone, which is uh, criminating. Um, yeah, and she's saying weird stuff about the gun as well. About that, yeah. Should we call the police? No, I think you should both go home. No, we're staying. We're not going to run and live in fear. Oh, all right. Well, maybe we should mm. circle back around to the calling the police idea. Oh, they've gone. <laughs> oh, they've gone to do fucking rich folk stuff. <laughs> hang on, well, hang on. Speaking of which. Let's put Gal Gadot in a, clear, in a massive oh, gold Christ. Cleopatra tent. Cringiest moment of the movie for me was the Cleopatra moment. I couldn't refuse the Queen of the Nile. thinks that's meant to be the takeaway of that scene of just we're meant to find it deeply annoying just triangle of sadness but but directed by kenneth branner that moment was the 1920s equivalent of having to deconstruct a bridge to let your super yacht out <laughs> oh god they, anyway, brought to in the cro- they brought in egyptian people just so they could fire them just to make that <laughs> scene happen we literally did nothing you brought the cloth and the high chair yeah <laughs> anyway to the crime scene. What? I mean, the honeymoon. Yes, the honeymoon. <laughs> the intimate honeymoon where we've invited a bunch of people who hate us. <laughs> All our friends on honeymoon with us. What could be better? This is going to be great. Oh, it's probably going to be some really self-aware like, political satire. It's not that. <laughs> no. <laughs> Nevertheless, my next note is they board the Triangle of Sadness. And um, <laughs> yeah. they, they wave at the impoverished children playing in the water. I expect they're happy. <laughs> I expect everyone's happy. 
Um, <laughs> Until I do reason, I'll say otherwise. Yeah. Wonder Woman is a bit antsy, though. When you have oh. money, no one is ever really your friend. Yeah. Oh, God. Maybe you could give some of the money. Well, fuck you. <laughs> fuck fuck you. you. I earned that money. It's mine. <laughs> you suggest that shit again. I'm kicking you off this boat, Poirot. Okay. <laughs> You're right. Fuck. And then she, then she like leans into him like, what? <laughs> what, you little bitch? Yeah. Thought so. Thought so. And she walks away. Yeah. Jesus. Jesus. I just came <laughs> here. Good, you, you told me you were going to sponsor me to arrange cakes. <laughs> That's the only reason I go anywhere. <laughs> anyway, Oscar Isaacs tries to get Wonder Woman to sign a hastily introduced bit of paper paperwork. Uh, but mm. Black Panther interjects and says, maybe you shouldn't do that. Oh, damn no. it. If only we hadn't done this in front of everyone. <laughs> on I'd gone away with it. If it weren't for no. everyone. <laughs> Worth being so, on a boat in front of everyone on your honeymoon in Egypt. <laughs> Tell you what, there's been a Black Panther. Branna uh, deduces the Whitehall is having it off of her. Maybe you sh- maybe you shouldn't be with her. Wakanda. What what can't I? It's really hard, mate. Come see me on <laughs> come see me at Wembley. You <laughs> come see I'm me at Wembley. It's gonna Jack it's Whitehall. gonna be so random. <laughs> I'm supporting Jack Whitehall there. <laughs> In his oh fuck it's Jack Whitehall tour. <laughs> I came up with that name. As, well, how, how did that come about? It. Well, he called me and I said hello, and he said hi, it's Jack, and I said, <laughs> and the rest wrote itself. <laughs> oh. <laughs> rest is history. <laughs> they arrive at that bit of Egypt with the big sitting down guys. Oh I love that yeah, bit. I think I know. Statue not- of Liberty. That's the one. No. It's not. It's not my favorite. My favorite bit is the sitting down face cat. I love the sitting down face cat. Um, yeah. Japan has exploited that mercilessly. <laughs> the sitting down face cat. It's been a ruthless bit of merchandising, but I respect it. They won't. They won't listen to any uh, any protests. <laughs> they not ever. Wonder Woman tries to have some saucy times with a hammer, but it's just too embarrassing. So someone tries to kill them both. It might have been a murder <laughs> on the Orient Express moment. They just all tried to do it. <laughs> Yeah, I did wonder halfway through if that was just going to be the twist again. And Branagh was like, look, if if it ain't broke. (laughs) Christy was a ruthless uh, franchiser and capitalist. (laughs) She she knew what she knew how her bread was buttered. Make matters worse. Margot Robbie's on the bloody ship. Oh, how oh, yeah, did she get on? Actually... Why did they let her on? I thought this was a private honeymoon ship. It's not. It's just literally, a, it's, it's like the clipper. <laughs> you can just tap your way on. <laughs> they actually address that. And it's like, well, she says, I'll buy the whole boat if I have to. And it's like, yeah, I thought you had. Why haven't you? I thought you were rich. You, that, she, you get a bloody Cleopatra tent. She says something like, we have the ship entirely to ourselves until the sitting down guys. It's like, my God, okay. So, uh, oh, so you're telling me that the space between the sitting down guys and the, the cat face sit down. <laughs> because otherwise, otherwise it's like me saying, I've booked it. We've got this Jubilee line train all the, to ourselves, all the way to Wimbledon. I can't remember the Jubilee line. <laughs> from all the way from Wilders, no, Wilsden Green to, <laughs> oh boy. to the next stop. From Wilsden Green. <laughs> it's all ours. We're enough champagne to fill a tube. <laughs> of <God>. Smarties. <laughs> Wonder Woman goes to bed after making out in front of Robbie. Uh, and it's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that we hurt you, Margot. We do bone a lot, though. Yeah. Done it twice today. It's been great. 
But I'm going to apologize one final time so that the last thing I do to you is apologize. <laughs> nice. Last thing? Oh, no. Because, yes, there's a bit of a slag up between uh, Robbie and a hammer, uh, yeah. which ends with the hammer getting shot in the leg. Mm. Robbie gets taken off to see French and or Saunders. The best place to deal with a hysterical woman. And a hammer receives some medical attention from the poor footlight uh, mm. once they find him. And all is well. Back to bed, everyone. No need to try and wake Prowro, the world's greatest detective. He'll only just make a fucking fuss out of everything. He just start trying to arrange things, claiming that they're shit tomorrow's <laughs> cakes. <laughs> I hate that. I hate that when he remembers his um, idiosyncrasies. So, yeah, perfectly fine. Next morning, though. Oh, shit. At some point, Margot Robbie also got... No, Wonder Woman also <laughs> got shot. Fuck you, my yeah. notes. Oh, God. Ricochet? And her fancy necklace is missing. Ricochet? Oh, my God. <laughs> ricochet, ricochet, ricochet. Ricochet. It's all explainable by the magic bullet theory. Back and back and back into the left. Back into and the left was the necklace. Anyway, we mustn't cause a panic. What's wrong? Wonder Woman's dead. Is someone else? Someone is dead. Lynette Doyle. Lynette, stop! What do you mean? How? I'm afraid Jacqueline de Belfort has made good on her threat. She's, She's dead, dead, and Margot Robbie did it. God damn it! She can't have done. I heavily drugged her. I'm doing French. Oh, well, somebody <laughs> did, and I've got a gun. Why have you got a gun, Poirot? <laughs> I got it from the war. When I <laughs> high kicked a German and uh, <laughs> took his fucking gun, I'm Poirot. I'm Hercule Poirot, one of Lichter's greatest figures. Motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> and it's well, I've got a gun, says someone else, and then everybody says, "Well, we, I also have a gun in unison," and they all show their guns. <laughs> They've all got well, so many guns on this ship. Is the problem? <sighs> God. Well, French Egret <laughs> explains in a chin-heavy French kind of way <laughs> that uh, <laughs> Wonder Woman ruined. Wonder Woman ruins her engagement, the bastard. And uh, she could maybe have seen the killer, maybe, wink, wink, wink. Who are you saying that to? Who indeed? Miss Lynette gave a party last year. The man spoke to me, then found me after. When he proposed, I gave notice. Miss Lynette was suspect of his intentions, and me, just a maid, she had him investigated. Who, who indeed? Let's hope I don't die. And uh... <laughs> let's hope I don't die before I find out. I have information. Okay, we're going to check back in with you later. <laughs> yeah, swing back in twelve hours. <laughs> Paul uh... Footage does his best job to keep a hold of his accent whilst explaining he used to be in love with Wonder Woman, but he was too mm. poor and generally off-putting. He started was, a YouTube a... channel after that. <laughs> Lost interest. I, I was essentially rules. essentially the guy from All My Friends Hate Me, but. Um... <laughs> <sighs> Not my but with better facial hair, which did, good did make good up facial hair. Good, good facial hair, hair. I'll give them that. Um, yeah. And yeah, oh, Paul. Do you, now I just want to check going forward. Uh, do you yeah. do you have the the events written so I can like <laughs> st- follow this uh, chronologically, or are we just throwing in scenes that happened? I will. I I've got a rough idea. I'm basically I'm going to go around each suspect once, and then we'll just okay. call it a Perfect. day. Um, Oscar Isaacs explains that uh, the new will that he wanted her to mm-hmm. sign would have covered up all of his crimes. Uh, you did it then. <sighs> if I wanted to kill her, I'd have used this much larger and louder gun that I've got on me. <laughs> Why would I have risked going to get the other gun when I've got my own right here? Look, so that he obviously, so that he wouldn't incriminate himself as the obvious suspect? No, it's fine. I'm eliminating no. him as a suspect. Yeah, Poirot oh. says it's fine, so it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. No, you're right. That, w- that wouldn't have made any sense. He'd have shot her with his own gun that has his name on every bullet. You're free to go. <laughs> I can't think of any reason he'd have gone back to get that other smaller, easier to hide, quieter gun. No. Mm. No. Well, no, I had one idea, but then Poirot said definitely it wasn't him, so. (laughs) Then I don't remember thinking anything else. Yeah. 
I remember just hoping there would be cakes in. Anyway, we took too long on the holiday part of this movie, everyone. Both yeah. both the movie and us. So next suspect, come on. Come on now. Dawn French, you're poor and a socialist and gay. So? Yeah. All right, good point. Next one. Come on. <laughs> Jazz the woman. Wonder Woman was racist to you back in the day and you've got a gun. Lots of people have yeah. guns and were racially abused by Wonder Woman. Oh, you're a slippery bunch. <laughs> Indeed. Oh, uh, by the way, Dawn French, love is a very good reason to kill. Next. <laughs> Next. Okay. Um, where are we? Uh, yes. Uh, British-ish Annette Benning. Uh, can't be asked to recount your part of this because it wasn't in the book and it's quite tedious and easily removed. Oh, uh, no, you hired Poirot. <laughs> Let me do it. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the reason we're saying he's here. Ooh, yeah. I, got, I got away with that. I'm not sure you have Annette Benning. <laughs> the lucky ones die in childbirth. It's my job to protect you. You think I don't know what you're after. You, you want my blessing to marry that girl. Well, you can't have it. Not the worst English accent in the film, to be sure. Um, <laughs> I weirdly think Russell Brand's one is worse. Much of the world lacks access to modern medicine we take for granted, Poirot. Russell Brand's was just forever, it, it was just quiet Russell Brand. And you, <laughs> it's always I mean, it just was... going to be Russell Brand, isn't it? He was aiming for posh, and it was just no, oh, very odd. Russell, but, just oh Russell no, Brand. Sacred Blue is dead French egret. She got offed, so everybody yells at each other for a bit as fists and accents go flying. <laughs> and, and and a, and a door. A door closes right on um, the two men yeah. that are fighting, and I just wish that a door would automatically do that whenever I'm in public and people start raising their voices. <laughs> just got pushed for a door. <laughs> Yeah, a door, a door could either cl- appear and close on them, or I could just get pushed through a door and that would close. Either would work. What we need for you is some sort of emergency, like uh, cushion that you pull gun. a grip pull on and it just surrounds you. Oh, yeah, gun that would just shoot yourself <laughs> in the head. <laughs> Same thing. Just need a way out. <laughs> <laughs> Depends how out I need to get. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah Prower figures out that Jack Whitehall stole the necklace and then witnessed the second murder. And he was going to just go along with that, including knowing the identity of the murderer for a long time. But, mm. you know, since you asked, fine. The killer yeah. is, and he gets shot in the neck. Yeah. One last annoying act, Damn. an irredeemably annoying character. <laughs> yeah. Damn, says Poirot, if only I, an established genius, would have just spoken to him <laughs> privately in a room where there was definitely <laughs> no way that anybody who was had any yeah. killy sort of tendencies could have gotten uh, <sighs> but I did have to do it in front of Army Hammer because I'm not an official policeman yeah the version of that from the 1978 one is so good and unexpected and it's Angela Lansbury involved oh, anyway. fantastic and then she went off it's to do so her good. own series essentially in the in the original book it's mm. the author insert that that happens to so Agatha Christie just wrote a book where at one crucial point when she's about to give some key information she just gets shot in the face <laughs> that's so good it's so good I enjoyed that I but instead it's it. book book it's book oh well oh. the killer has some dead st- dead to rights now it's got a gun on them oh they've mm. run away oh good that's uh, uh, yeah that's handy bit of an action scene including a bit where the murderer who wants you know who they are the fact that they're throwing knives like a fucking ninja into what they're bedding themselves on <laughs> a wall won't make much sense about as much sense as it is to see Poirot throw a cleaver. Yeah, and, oh, was it Poirot throws in the, the cleaver? Well, yeah, I think he, he throws a cleaver, but it, the killer does also throw stuff right and also runs around. <laughs> it is it is very like much like Watchmen. Ah, all right, that's enough of all this. It's that's time for the bit where he explains what the bloody hell's going on the whole oh, time. Oh, good. But we shan't tell. <gasps> Read the book or watch the 1978 version in order to find out. <laughs> yeah. Not this movie full of cannibals. Anyway, 
<laughs> see, see the intro. <laughs> Always referred to the intro. Anyway, the mystery's resolved. Uh, they dock, say goodbye. And uh, why did they wrap the bodies up like mummies? Does Kenneth Branagh think that they just do that here <laughs> to dead people? It's a ghastly place. <laughs> Poirot shaves off his mustache and presumably becomes... His character arc apparently has been leading to that. So I guess the next movie is just going to be the scar-faced man. Find out by watching The Haunting in Venice. Yeah. Or does it, yeah. Does he grow? Maybe he grows it back for that, and he just. I guess so. That was just like a moment he had. Had a brief like, change. Actually, yeah. I, I feel confident now, but it is pretty fucking. It's a lot. So. He had a misguided summer of shaving his mustache and following <laughs> that, that jazz the singer around. <laughs> <laughs> he became a hippie for like ten years. That's right. The next one, next movie set in World War Two. So Ugh. deal with it. Do you know Cuts. the original title of the next one? It wasn't. It, Haunting in Venice is not an Agatha Christie book. It's based on a book of hers, set in England somewhere in a little village, and it's just called the Halloween Party. I wish you'd kept that name. The Halloween Party. Poirot's yeah. spooky Halloween party adventure. <laughs> this summer. <laughs> None one shall leave till I find out if the dead are hunting the living. Poirot's Halloween Party. <laughs> Toffee apples. <laughs> Co-starring Mary Kate and Ashley. <laughs> oh, all right, mate. That was Death on the Nile. What'd you make? What'd you make of Death on the Nile? Oh, I didn't like it, Paul. Oh no! I wasn't a fan, as you said in the plot recap. Uh, does spend way too long on the pre-murder bits, um, <laughs> because and, and, and I guess credit for trying to have se- like set up scene and characters, but they don't yeah. do any of that very well. So it's that's the I found, thing. It's an hour of very, very grating, cringy scenes. Of yeah. like as we said, it's like triangle of sadness without the self awareness, um, mm. just Gosford Park without any of the style, and, and, and then and then the murder happens, and I do start getting a bit of you know that intrigue, that excitement of oh, I yeah. wonder who did it, and um, <laughs> and it's always fun. I I, I do enjoy watching, uh, like the the conceit of super talented. Uh, uh, like savant detective questioning people it's all quite good yeah but the the overall just the the look and feel of the thing the mm. overacting the bet would be much better on the page sort of dialogue mm. oh i just i just found it so difficult to <laughs> to sit through yeah it's tricky um yeah, that's the thing is because it has the same structure as the book and it benefits from the same strengths as that you know it has yeah. at its heart a good method because that's Mm. what all comes down to is you want the actual reveal to be quite satisfying it's contrived (laughs) it's very contrived it depends on some very careful timing but it is still fun Mm. um it's still quite exciting um but and and you know as in the book and the other film glasses are coming off everyone glasses are coming off for this the murder happens about halfway through the book and the other film. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first half, though, is dedicated to much more interesting characters than these. The, this yeah. movie feels quite toothless, you know. And I'm not, you know, I'm not the kind yeah. of person who complains that it needs to be more like the book or whatever. Adapt, yeah. change, whatever. It's great. Yeah. Merge characters, invent new ones. It's fine. But you've got to make it interesting. Yeah. And these characters just aren't interesting because no. this. If if you're telling this story and mm. not having a pretty fierce layer of class criticism because yeah. there's all these name drop moments the fact that you know gal Gadot's character has ruined everybody's lives in different ways she paid off egret's yeah. fiance to run away yeah. you know and, and stole 
her idea for a honeymoon. You know, she's she's a really despicable character in so many ways. Yeah. And yet there's this weird kind of reverence for her, I feel like, because there yeah. is this admiration for her opulence and her grandeur that. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and really... I'm also I'm not the kind of person to just dismiss like the sadness or like mental health difficulties of rich people just because they're rich. But in this, it was fuck, just fucking crocodile tears. It, like mm. when when that scene where she just talks about how difficult it is, yeah, um, because she has no friends, it 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 just it just spoke of the vapidity. Is that a word? Um, <laughs> just the, the the film was very surface level and vapid. Yeah. It felt without wanting to actually go into yeah any of the nitty gritty or the interesting stuff about you know what about like what it says about society to have a, a boat mm. full of rich people just doing. Yeah, sailing uh, through Egypt things. in the thirties. Yeah, like, um, but but instead, it just it's just platitudes, really. Um, yeah, and not even platitudes about about wealth. It's just plati- just conversational platitudes, scene after scene, and just people yeah. saying like faintly high society things, uh, whilst the type like whilst they so they can fill out an hour of um, of runtime. Yeah. And, and yeah, I'm the same. You know, you don't adaptations often don't work when they're completely faithful to the book, and you have to mm. have they're different formats, and you have to be able to, um, yeah, you know, you pick your battles basically. Um, yeah, but the, the just like the the added um, prologue of, of mm. Poirot in the war and how he gets his mustache, oh, it's just focusing yeah. on the just completely wrong things. If you want to add yeah. stuff. There's a mountain of um, ideas you could look, you know, you could explore. Not. Yeah. And again, changing the character is fine. It's fine to change the character, but changing him to make him more generic is so irritating because he would be such a refreshing change of pace right now to have a big movie where the center of it is this kind of pacifist, violence hating you know, character. There's, a, there's yeah. a wonderful opportunity there. In the same way there was with, like, the Fantastic Beast movies, to mm. have Newt Scamander be this different kind of hero. But ultimately, he's just going to turn into an action dude yeah. eventually. It just needs to be the inevitable yeah. way of things. And it's very disappointing that they decide to put him in the army and make him, like, a military strategic genius. You know, yeah. it's like, no, he spent the army working as a private investigator in Belgium. That's, yeah. you know, again, you can change that fine, but, like, just ma- the change only makes him more boring and takes away... Yeah things that make him different from other protagonists and that's a yeah. shame yeah I, 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 is, is it is it done to tr- with the sort of misguided aim to make him more relatable and it's just more relatable through the lens of how we view heroes just to make him more badass you know just to make yeah. him cooler and to well, give him a cool like reason for his mustache and you just think oh my god you just don't you don't give any it feel, this movie feels like a, a movie that is reluctant to give credit to its audience and to be fair yeah. a lot of people online were complaining it was too slow and it took too long to get to the murder misdiagnosing yeah. the fact that what that really comes from is a lack of you know lack of engagement you know you could easily tell a great murder I mean when does the murder happen in uh, The Glass Onion it's a while. What my what my one better thing? Um, it was <laughs> uh, it was a while, yeah. It was um, a long while because you're just involved and you're interested and you're and there's intrigue, it. you know. Yeah. Um, if there was, yeah, if that first hour would have been, I think that this film pays lip surface lip service <laughs> to the idea, yeah. and it and it in that case is very much lip surface um, to yeah. the idea of creating intrigue because occasionally they'll, somebody will put down a gun and it will focus on the nuz- the muzzle of the gun. Yeah. 
and and I think that was supposed to make you go, ooh, how how a gun's yeah. gonna play into this? I wonder if yeah. someone's gonna shoot one. Um, but all it did was make like me come out of my stupor to be like, oh, there's a gun. Uh, okay, <laughs> just try and remember this. Yeah, and because just, when it, things happen, not, yeah, when they do the sewing threads, when you know, where's my scarf? They don't see my red paint, you know, this kind of yeah. thing. It's like, oh, okay, things are getting introduced that we need to remember. And later on, we need to think, how could the red paint have played into this? But you yeah. just don't feel, I don't know, inspired no. to do so. You need a good, involving world. And I will say this, in, in terms of the world, this feels like a step down from Murder on the Orient Express, which at the very least yeah. looked beautiful. This movie has some, as we'll come to in Quickfire, lovely yes. shots yes. of the Nile that were picked up by the fucking B unit. But the overall look of the thing is so bland and sheeny mm. that I just find it very unpleasant to look at a lot. It looks fake. Yeah, it does. There, there were again in the quick fires. There'll be one or two interior shots um, that mm. I really appreciated that had a real, almost a Wes Anderson sort of level of attention to detail or just mm. just care for the design. But so many like any exterior shot when they're supposedly on a boat on the Nile. Yeah. You know, there's no wind blowing. Yeah. There's nothing. Everything is 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 warmly lit. Nothing. Yeah, it, yeah you're right. It just doesn't look real. Compare that and it's to so distracting. It's Sorry? night and day. Compare it to 1978 where they actually shot in Egypt. It's, <laughs> yeah. It's I mean, insane. I mean, and yeah, you're right. Like, I remember, I remember enjoying Murder on the Orient Express. I, you know, I didn't come yeah. out of it thinking... Wow, this is amazing! Uh, yeah. This is going to revolutionise uh, things going forward. But I remember enjoying it, you know, yeah, from the first moment film. where Kenneth Branagh just what's what's the line? Like, These Earths, and that oh, equal yes, yeah. or something. Yeah, it, it's yes. That's always been such a weird little introduction because he's not OCD yeah. in the original stories. It's been such an odd little addition. Yeah, but, were they not? I like I haven't read them, but was was he? Because I, I, I saw the way he was behaving with the cakes in this movie, and I thought, I know, I'll Google this. This will give me the answers. Yeah. And um, apparently, he had obsessive. Do you have compulsive tendencies? I don't remember. It's been a while since I've read any um, of the mm. Agatha Christie's. I remember really enjoying them when I was in my teens, but I don't. I don't remember yeah. Poirot as a character in that way. And it's been a while since I watched it. I'm sure that that aspect is not in the Gilgood or Albert Finney versions yeah, of the okay. character from the original movies but mm. anyway. I, guess, I guess as well like obsessive compulsive is it's like a an easy out for somebody who is on the fringes yeah. it's, it's like yes. you know, yeah. oh this this person is incredibly talented because they've got autism um mm. it's a similar well he's good at he's good at solving crimes because he's obsessive compulsive um yeah whereas he could and it, it is easier than having him be a pacifist um like a gentle inquisitive and um observant person yeah so yeah indeed this is just a story that needed to be much more subdued way more underplayed like it should it should have just felt way more british (laughs) um, yeah (laughs) than than this did and um it's uh british you know you you know the kind of british i mean i don't mean like fat lazy vindaloo british i mean um (laughs) yeah i mean the good the good kind (laughs) yeah it just it was lacking that sense of scale and it just—it's the characters, really, for me. I just mm. wanted more out of the characters. That's the I thing that made me about go any along other with it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But nevertheless, there are some good things. So let's very quickly quick fire. Quick fire. I enjoyed some war noises over the logos. 
the production nice. logos come up and you hear the sort of gunfire and distant stuff and it's like okay yeah. i'm getting into getting into the mood mm. it's a weird mood to be getting me into but <laughs> for poirot yeah it bespeaks scale and mm. drama true okay feeling of an epic mm-hmm. so when um in the in the nightclub scene where poirot is watching mm. uh Ben Wheatley's Rebecca and <laughs> yeah. um, Gal Gadot and a Hammer dancing. There's, you know, that demonstrates his watchfulness and his, um, um, yeah, his uh, observant nature, and just some quiet, just you know, very steady. The steady gaze of a puppet, the steady gaze of a Kenneth Branagh as he goes from yeah. the, uh, between these two characters. It got across the idea that he was just a man in control and was happy to just sit and take details in and yeah yeah that's good stuff yeah that did it effectively um i thought some aspects of the war sequence did look good you know the black yeah. and white photography and the framing yes. and the sort of drifting yeah. kind Gives of it camera. A certain texture it does i quite enjoyed that like roma mm. um, or what it reminded me of weirdly was the tragedy of macbeth the uh, joel uh, yeah, cohen kind of thing that has mm. some very you know deep blacks kind of yes yeah nice okay yeah. um the delivery of a lot of Kenneth Branner lines were quite pleasant to listen to. Mm-hmm. He, he got a nice, he got a nice little cadence going. Um, well, he's a the, actor of sorts, isn't he? An actor. The the actor. line that I've got down here was the. And it is convenient to my own plans, although travel by water does not naturally agree with me. Oh, I could tell you. Well, I should not tell you actually. Just just a <laughs> yeah, muttering sort of to himself in does. front of somebody else. Yeah, it's very odd because some, because I I also enjoyed some of those moments, but it's weird when you see him decide to do them because he doesn't do them very often. Mm. There's maybe like five of them in this, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. very good delivery. I well, enjoyed. you know, half the time he's shouting like Poirot does. Yeah, it's like Poirot would. God damn, it, he's such a cool guy. Um, whenever they have actual shots of the Nile by the mm. B unit, it does look great. Often yeah. in the late evening or early morning, they have these shots to mm. break up the days, but it's just like people fishing or, yeah. you know, just the wildlife or the reeds. And oh my God, beautiful. Like, yeah, the stuff you want to be seeing on screen all the time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I like the pacing of the introduction to Annette Benning's character um, mm. with, with, with her and Poirot. Um, there's yeah. a good back and forth between the three of them. Oh, yeah. And, and some uh, good presence, I think. And, and like yeah. commanding of the scene from Benning and I almost said Poirot. Brunard. Yeah. Brunard. Um, Mother, you must meet Hercule Poirot. Why? He's only the greatest detective alive. Oh, he exaggerates. No, he's quite correct, actually. You're quite the most ludicrous man I have ever seen. Not the first time I've heard this. And you're in my view. Stepping aside. Yeah, I enjoyed his line introducing her, where he's just like, behind every kite flying man is a woman. And it's like, I like the idea of a kite flying man. That this is how he's identifying now. That's a real gentleman of leisure type thing. <laughs> the kite flying man. <laughs> yeah. I tried. So, yeah. I did try being a polymath. It wasn't for me. It was very blasé. So now I'm a kite flying man. <laughs> kite flying man. Um, also, the Nile reveal with music. Like the first time mm. we cut to Egypt, and we're in the water, and then we cut above, and we introduce like the idea that we're in Egypt. music is just pure christmas movie to me it's like adventure you know monday bank holiday Mm. monday 
family adventure movie. Oh, with the family. Love it. Family. I, I did like Giadot's compassionate response to um, Ben Wheatley's Rebecca. Because um, she, she, as, as she's leaving, Rebecca throws a little insult at her. And um, oh, yeah. she stops and comes back and she apologizes and, and says she, you know, just yeah. on, honest about the fact that she didn't want to hurt her, but um, has no regrets. Yeah. But, you know, still feels bad. And, and, and the the way that Ben we- is Rebecca was unable to, <laughs> like, muster like, a response to that. Like, wanted to just continue being angry, but the emo- emotion kind of overtook her. Yeah. The emotion kind of overtook her. It was, um, mm. it felt like a, a genuine moment. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm. Uh, speaking of Ben Wheatley's Rebecca, aka Margot Robbie, aka Emma <laughs> Mackey, yeah. um, I do like the shirt that she. There's Ellen's fashion corner here. Wink. Uh, um, she the shirt she's wearing with the red and blue stripe on the sleeve in the mm. scene where Poirot confronts her and is like, maybe, maybe move on. But it's a bit. Yeah. He's, he's not that good. I've, I've heard. I've heard some things. Maybe you want to let this guy go. But yeah. The, sh- the shirt she- he's- she's wearing in that moment, I really like. Yeah. I, there was a, a lot of good fashion in here. I didn't appreciate mm. it too much during the movie. Um, the mm. costume uh, and set design. It was only really on production reflection. Production design. The what? The production design. Production design is mm. an oft-overlooked um, <laughs> aspect of cinema. And, and, it, and it is in this case because of the sort of overwhelming... Uh, platitudes of the movie mm. it did kind of bleach out a lot of that and then yeah. if i when i s- tried to stop reeling from all of that and pay attention to yeah costume and and, and some of the set later you know it's um yeah it's clearly a lot of uh a work went into it like it always does yeah <laughs> and i think that's, i just want that's why i wanted it to the rest of it to sort of keep up with that and be more evocative of of the time yeah because that's kind of one of the appealing things about watching a, a period piece or mm. you know it's, it's a foreign country and all that it's 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 the exoticism it of it yeah. yeah you want to be transported a bit and one thing yeah the music did do that for me a fair bit and one as one part is they use the music cues quite indiscriminately mm. uh, it's not a very developed or sophisticated soundtrack but they have a piece of music they use whenever they want something positive to happen doesn't matter <laughs> which characters it's happening to even as if it's with with the benefit of hindsight, a romance that is hmm. something else. Whenever something positive happens, they play this little cue. See, I told you it will all be fine. Jackie won't be able to follow us anymore. Let's go. Which I quite like. It's a little bit Lord of the Ringsy. It sounds a bit like uh, the okay. Hobbit, Hobbit theme, which you know when it comes uh, in yeah. in the middle of like a uh, dark scene, it's like oh. Uh, no. Okay. Not that bit. It's the. Oh, okay. um, yeah, it's that. Hold on. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. It's the bit where Sam is like, um, there's some hope good in this world. Yeah. And it's worth fighting for. <laughs> it plays that little bit and it's yeah. like, oh, God, we haven't heard that in a long time. <laughs> Lord of the Rings is good, isn't it, mate? It was very good. Do you know what I... I don't care what anyone says. I like Lord of the Rings. It's a it's, good it's, film. It's good stuff. It's a good films. It's a good individual film. Yeah. Oof. Anyone who watches it in three is just a cuck. Both brigades, am I right? Uh, am I right? I don't know. I, I'm not actually sure, but we'll find out. I'll get. I'll get. I'll get someone on the phone. Okay. Cool. Well, while you do that, 
Um, I, I just want to point out that the hard cut to a hammer bawling his eyes out over the body of Gal Gadot was fucking, uh, fucking funny, Paul. Simon Doyle must be told. <laughs> Wasn't it? Like, he's, it was so he's good. actually... He's not terribly good in this. He's really quite dull yeah. uh, in his performance. And that moment, yeah, it's it's the mode of of crying that is just like a heart because you know, there's there's more going on with that moment than you think, obviously. Yes. But yeah, you're right, it's just funny. <laughs> it's it's the hard cut because it's a quiet moment yeah. of like, oh no, death. Oh no. But it's it's worse than that because it's like, oh, we should probably tell him. And then you cut to <laughs> Yeah. And it's a close up on his face. And he's yeah. red-faced, bawling his eyes out. But it was very yeah. funny, so I appreciate it. was very that. funny. The tracking shot of the boat when they first get there, I know, like, the background is nonsense. Like, they don't feel like they're at sea. It's too still. But the actual mm. tracking shot along and down the boat, which is only possible because they built this, you know, stupid thing inside of a studio, did at the very least look yeah. quite impressive. Okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. Um, the lawyer has the line... Um, has a line I was all snores by 11 which I think is a good line <laughs> that's quite good I like that yeah that's a nice old uh, old timey way of saying things yeah um, I do enjoy the line uh, where he, he she, they mention oh you know she had all the money in the world and now she's in here with the hams and then mm. Poro says I'm afraid this is as much dignity as we can afford and then he adjusts her feet so that they're parallel with each other oh. and that was that was quite good timing on that which yeah. <laughs> is as much dig- it was a dark little bit of humor of this yeah. is as much dignity as we can afford this dead woman and then he adjusts her feet yeah i enjoyed cool. that i didn't yeah. catch that that was good <laughs> um another line and i and i rewound it to make sure and i'm pretty sure this is what it is is the same he's still questioning oscar isaac and uh and, and talking about all the shady dealings that he has and he comes back with the line, This is not a kind of thing you can prove in a boat. Yes, this is my next one, weirdly, <laughs> and it's something that Katie and I both laughed at um, very when good. we saw it at the cinema. Yeah, they're talking about the impropriety of the will. And he's yeah. just like, that's not the sort of thing you can prove on a boat. And it's just, what the fuck are you talking about, mate? <laughs> prove on a boat if I want. I'm Hercule <laughs> Prowler, anyway, motherfucker. <laughs> I've got this oh, gun. Amazing. Um, an amazing line by Sophie Okanedo, mm. uh, playing Jazz the Woman. Monsieur Poirot, if I put a bullet in everyone who took a pot shot at me for not keeping to my place, the world would be littered with dead white ladies. <laughs> dead white ladies was very yeah. well delivered. And everybody went, oh, it is what we want. She pronounced the H in there, white ladies. Yeah. <laughs> it needs to be pronounced more often to give emphasis to what yeah. we are and stand for. Yeah, absolutely. Um... When uh, Dawn French is being called in to, for the interrogation, she her line, oh, he wants to speak with me. I'm laying down a corner because she's working on like a jigsaw, I think. Yeah. She's laying down a corner, Paul. She can't possibly give up that time to go for, for a, <laughs> yeah. a murder investigation. Absolutely. Very Brit- it was a very British response to uh, <laughs> to murder. Yes, yeah. well, I'm in the middle of a jigsaw, you see. <laughs> um. I enjoyed his big actor moment, which is after mm. Book has been murdered. He's doing his big sort of, this is what happened speech. Yeah. And then he's he says Book's name and then pauses for a good 10 yes. seconds before he carries on. And yes, yeah. you know, it's a big moment, but, you know, and it's very called attention to, but it was, ni- it was nice. It was a nice little emotional moment from him. Yes. That. This is my next good thing. It was very nice. The, the underplayed 
yeah. the subdued emotional moments were way more effective than Poirot pistol whipping people or smashing <laughs> things or, 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 or just yelling at the top bitch. of <laughs> Stop it, Hercule. Nan, did he used to do that when he was, <laughs> he was in the TV show? I don't think so. It was just him and uh, Roger Ebert back in the 70s riding around just <laughs> popping cats in suckers. Putting things right. <laughs> <laughs> I watched Poirot. <laughs> I don't. I didn't care to. Um, yeah, it's, uh, that was that was nice, and that's what it. That's what Poirot, from what I remember from the TV show that I uh, watched occasionally when I was off school, uh, means to <laughs> Best me. Time. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, my final one is actually the interrogation of Dawn French. I, there was a sh- the establishing shot of the two of them either side of a table mm. is the the most Wes Anderson. Um, uh, I was trying to think of any word to say other than ass, but it's the most Wes Anderson ass uh, shot in there because there's a lot of symmetry and attention to detail and lovely, uh, lovely complimentary colours. Beautiful. And, uh, that was lovely, and more That's of that would have been nice. I guess it was the first scene, uh, even though the boat is sort of made to look like a colonial house. It's the first one that looks like it <laughs> takes place in. Uh, yeah. well-to-do drawing room uh, yeah. uh, soon to have Tiffin whilst discussing mm. the murder <laughs> and I, like, I appreciated Absolutely. that my last good thing is just that this central murder mystery and I've already said this, is really good still yeah. it's still a really fun little conceit what actually happens and it, it yeah. boils down to that great thing with Agatha Christie where so many of the plots you can just kind of spoil them in a sentence, you know, they all did it the inspector did it, you know yeah one of the victims did it you know it's just yeah. it boils down to that but then the actual mechanics of it are, are quite satisfying and well thought out yeah in a way that would be completely improbable and impractical in real life but it's still it's so much fun to see work out in terms of yeah. the forensic detail of it and that still perseveres even if they have added this whole extra element the big extra yeah. element they added by the way was the whole thing with book who's not in the book <laughs> and um <laughs> He's his whole oh, thing, yeah. and the reason for Poirot being on the boat is just different. Silly. Um, otherwise, it's silly. Yeah. It's just a bit silly. The, the Kenneth Branagh murder, murder on the Orient Express is probably the only movie I've ever guessed the twist to. I'm not good at guessing ah. the twist to movies. And I don't guess it because I've already seen Murder on the Orient Express. Um, I'm uh-huh. not going to give myself that. I, I guessed it. And for this, I I almost I almost got it. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but almost well, almost doesn't get you uh get your dog back, does it? It doesn't get you your fancy say. ass mustache. So just no, you have to get that. scarring. Extensive <laughs> facial. You've got to get scarring yourself, folks. <laughs> Kids. <laughs> oh god. Alright. Is that it from us? That's it from us. That's from it from Uff, but now let's hear from <laughs> Nuff. It's <Uff>. um <laughs> from Duff. It's the OG team. The OG team. All quiet on the meta and the Patreon front, but we got a couple of people on X, Ooh. Uh, including uh, Bex, who says... <laughs> Bex on X. I saw it in theatres and loved it. Oh. Well, there you go. All right, then. Yeah. All right. Well, it's not the kind of thing you can prove on an X. <laughs> you can't prove it on an X. Get off of there. Meet us up in real life and we'll discuss it. Uh, Gubbin versus Salt, which is the better kisser, at Old Man Calloway, says... <laughs> At last, the mysterious origins of Poirot's mustache are revealed. 
I had a good time when I saw this in theatres, but thinking back to it now, nothing much stands out for good or bad. You know, I think that's pretty much my takeaway too, is Mm. until I really sat down to think about the issues with it, none of it really... It's the kind of movie that just kind of washes over you. It was good Christmas fare. It came out in the summer movie season of last year, and then we watched it at Christmas again with my grand, you know, grandparent. You know, and the whole family just watched it. And for those purposes, it serves perfectly fine. It's just... It's just not very interesting, and there was potential here for it to be a lot more. Yeah, I. That's mm. usually how I watch things like, and that's kind of what I was hoping for with this. Mm. But within five minutes, I was straight on the nitpicking train. I just couldn't, he- couldn't <laughs> yeah. help it with this one. It's, it's a shame. It doesn't engage you. I feel like if the aesthetic was better, it would have counted for yeah. a lot of just carrying me along. I think but, so. Yeah. yeah. Aesthetic also, and character were the big things I missed here. 100%. Also, BT Calloway's uh, summation there is an accurate way of describing a kiss with either one of us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's also just, something you can enjoy with your parents at Christmas. Okay. Just go along with it, folks, and you'll think <laughs> by the time you've realised what's wrong with it, it's too late. Oh, God. Well, thank you, OG team. Uh, Mercy Bacoop. Le team. Paul, what's the one better thing? The one better thing. Oh, Glass Onion and Gosford Park. Yeah, fair enough. Um, all right, I've got the original Death on the Nile and The Last of Sheila. That's the no, one better thing. Nice. Uh, the Last one. of Sheila is one of the movies that inspired Glass Onion, and it is great. It's a Herbert Ross yeah. um, thing written by there. Anthony Perkins and uh, Stephen Sondheim, which is oh. so fun. Stephen Sondheim, who then does a sort of little cameo in uh, Glass Onion on the yeah. Skype call. Um, it's great. It's just a boat full of people. Somebody's going to murder James Coburn. You tell immediately. <laughs> Who's it going to be? Is it going to be in McShane when he's really young and hot? <gasps> Pre-Lovejoy? It is Pre-Lovejoy, Raquel wow. Welsh. That's um, right, ladies. <laughs> James Mason. It's it's a hell of a cast. And the original Death on the Nile has a hell of a cast as well. Um, mm-hmm. The 1978 version by John Gilliman. Uh, you've got Peter Ustinov in his first oh. um, Poirot, taking over from Albert Finney. Jane Birkin, Betty Davis, Mia Farrow playing the... Um, Mia Farrow plays... Um, the uh, Margot Robbie Emma McKay role, so she's uh, the crazy, cool. you know, the kind of crazed ex lover. Yeah. It's great. Oh, I'm crazy. <laughs> David Niven, Maggie Smith, oh. uh, Angela Lansbury, Simon McCorkendale plays the Army Hammer role. It's it's uh, better. It's better than if Army Hammer. It's so it. it's so good because it's Manimal playing him. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I I love that movie. So please oh, check it out. And also good. the. The surprise murder, the third surprise murder, is genuinely shocking. Every time I watch it, I'm like, yeah, oh. right. <laughs> ah. <laughs> ah. it's 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 great. Oh, so, yeah. lovely. Okay. So then. yes, everyone. So yes, that was one better thing. The one better thing. Paul, how can people find out about the OGT pod? The OGT pod. The OGT. Uh, um, t- I tell you something about the OGT pod. What are you is, is it Twitter and Facebook at OGT Pod? <gasps> where you can get in touch, you can tell us all the things that you love about our respective voices. And what you think it would be like to kiss us. Don't do that, that's weird. Uh, <laughs> it's one of those things I said and then immediately wanted to unsay. And, I get um, very short on breath quite quickly. <laughs> quite breathy. And, and there was that feeling of embarking on a venture and then immediately wanting to stop doing it is kind of what it's like to kiss me. So so now you know. And um, <laughs> you like can save tra- time. It's like a long travel itinerary. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, um, fuck, why did we do South Korea as well? <laughs> you thought, do it in a weekend, they said. Who are they? Oh. <laughs> Boris Johnson did as Foreign Secretary. Uh, and That's right, guys. You can't kiss Paul Goodman in one weekend. <laughs> it's <laughs> a, it's a lifetime 
It's a lifetime <laughs> commitment. Um, but save all Still the time. Still on the background thinking... of frame right now. <laughs> <laughs> just looking away. No, yeah, she's just she's just looking down, just wondering what it'd be like to stop kissing me. And um, <laughs> while she's doing that, you can that. save time worrying about any of that, and just go onto Facebook and Twitter, or become a patron. And when we put the call out for the OG team, and when I say we, I mean Paul Salt. Uh, then you can, and, and if you've seen the film and you want to tell us a good thing about it, so you get a little shout out on the show. Yeah. You, you do it there. Or if you haven't seen it, and you want to bluff us. Fucking bluff us. Yeah. We're ready. We're, we're good for a bluffing. I love the bit with David Cavadine. Yeah, yeah, totally. And we'd be like, <laughs> yeah, please be our friend. Uh, <laughs> we're so eager to impress all of you. So eager. It's just such a bunch of little cucks. Um, and, and if you want to support these little cucks, you can do so on patreon.com <laughs> forward slash OGT pods, <laughs> where you can give, give these cucks a whole pound a month um, or more. But also just a pound a month for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. And With a knickknack, OG team, give a cuck a pound. <laughs> <laughs> cuck, 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 cucky, cuck, cuck. I hate the new version of that song. But it's in, it's in response to when they cancelled Christmas. I <laughs> woke culture brought this upon us. Nevertheless, they did. I'm Paul Culture. <laughs> I'm Paul Cuckman. <laughs> and remember, the one good thing about Death on the Nile are the bits they shot in Egypt. <laughs> Wow. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs>